Are you a female gym baddie committed to leveling up in all areas through health and fitness? Hi, hello. I'm your host, Anika, and this is the Fit Chit Chat Podcast. I'm an online coach, personal trainer, and serious peanut butter addict. I love helping women to break through plateaus so you can feel strong, define your curves, and create authentic fucking confidence. Together, we'll delve into all the topics that matter to you. Learn how to maximize your progress in the gym, make nutrition a no-brainer, and nail results you can finally keep. You are guaranteed to leave feeling educated, entertained, and empowered to become your baddest damn self. Hi, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fit Chit Chat. Uh, We are jumping into episode three, and I'm super pumped for this one. We are touching on some nutrition conversations here, and essentially what we want to do is remove nutrition overwhelm and find a method that works for you. Now, the problem is there is no right or wrong method, and in fact, you'll probably switch between methods over different seasons or phases throughout the year, phases of training, phases of dieting, but the biggest problem I see is overcomplicating the process and thinking that there is one method. It's not one method, it's finding a method that's going to work for you when you need it, for how long you need it. Now, we are all human, okay? We're all different. We all have different preferences. We all have individual needs. Some of us might prioritize our training and nutrition a little more than someone else. And that might also fluctuate throughout the year. So like we've just had Christmas and New Year's and, you know, some of us probably pulled back a little bit. You might be going hard into a dieting phase now and you really need to knuckle down and make it a bit more of a priority and a forefront in your mind and make some sacrifices or put things at a little bit more of a priority on your list. But like I said, it's about finding what works for you and knowing what's going to work, when it's going to work, understanding your behavior styles and just swapping and changing between the lot of them. You might have one that you default back to for longer periods of time, which is a-okay. I do, my clients do, everyone does. But having the ability to swap between them, I think is key. So we're going to be covering a few different nutrition approaches or methods of eating, and these are including tracking macros, meal plans, uh, a combo of the two that I call a tracked meal plan, and I'll get into that, intuitive eating, which you'll soon learn I don't love the word intuitive anymore, and I prefer to say mindful eating, and portion control. So let's jump straight in. So the first one we're going to touch on is tracking macros. So you might have heard it by a million different names, whether you call it if it fits your macros, flexible dieting, any of those. But essentially what we're doing is we are tracking the amount of protein, fats, and carbs. So the macronutrients we're consuming and indirectly in this process, we're tracking total calories anyway. Now, in my opinion, I think there are so many benefits to tracking macros. One of them being when you are new, I think it is a great tool for newbies to understand their caloric intake and the breakdowns of certain foods. I think the initial education and nutrition information you get from tracking macros is a long-term benefit for your nutrition and your overall health, okay? The things that you learn through tracking, you kind of can't unlearn them. And that's something I'm going to touch on in future, but these are things that you're going to take away as an actual piece of information of knowledge that you are going to eventually subconsciously be using for good. 
It's going to help you make informed decisions in the long run and understand food a little bit better so that you are more well-equipped. It's going to be a tool in your tool belt that is going to be a sustainable thing throughout all of your phases of life, okay? So what I think is another really beneficial reason for tracking is periods of time where we want to be pretty accurate with our intake. So I'm talking, hello, deficits. Obviously, we want to be paying closer attention to our intake during these periods. Oh, you know, surpluses as well, actually, to make sure we're eating enough food and we can maximize our results. And if we are more pedantic or accurate or intentional with the amount that we're consuming, we can essentially make more informed decisions and adjustments when they're needed as well. If we are aware of what we're consuming, we can obviously track this. It's going to be a piece of data that is then going to help us make decisions for the long run towards whatever goal it might be. Like I said, deficits, surpluses, um, it's going to be amazing. One of the things I think people run into with tracking macros or why people might shy away from it, especially if they've tried it previously, is people can tend to get super obsessive over tracking and think that they need to track to the absolute gram. I'm going to be here to tell you that you don't need to get your targets to the absolute gram, okay? For my clients, 10 over or 10 under for your protein and carbohydrates is an A plus for me. Like I'm absolutely happy with that. If you're consistently in that ballpark, amazing. With fats, considering they're a little bit more calorie dense, we want to be a little bit more accurate uh, in terms of coming closer to our target because there's not as much wiggle room given they're more calorie dense. So, you know, five to 10 is probably a little bit better for me. What I want to say here though is also don't get hung up on hitting your targets every single day. We can also consider looking at your weekly averages. This is going to be an amazing thing to take off, I guess, the perfectionism mentality of every single day and trying to be perfect all of the time. We can swing our days and look at a weekly average instead. So what we might do is say there's one day that you've gone over even 50 grams of carbs over your your total. That's fine. Totally fine. Why don't we look at the next five days then just pulling back and coming in 10 grams under on our carbohydrates to at the end of the week kind of have everything come out in the wash and it's going to smooth over and even out and your weekly averages are going to probably be pretty bang on target anyway. So while we're on the topic of being a little bit too perfectionist mentality with tracking, I want to touch on something here as well. I think that tracking is not always a great idea for people who have a poor relationship to food, who have disordered eating behaviors or an actual diagnosed eating disorder. This is where it can end up actually being a little bit more of of a detriment than a help. If you're someone that's just a little bit nervous about, you know, learning how to incorporate your favorite foods into your diet. So you're just a little bit unsure or hesitant to do that. You know that you can, but you're not sure on how much and how that's going to look then tracking macros can be a great way to teach you that and understand that, you know, you can consume your favorite foods in amongst a well-balanced diet within your calorie allowance, etc. We can then step away from this whole good food, bad food idea. And in this case, tracking can help, but it's not going to help if it's to the degree that I mentioned before. Obviously, that needs to be done with a psychologist, with a dietitian, all of those things. Now, although I am pretty pro tracking macros, I do not think for a majority of people, it is something that you need to be doing all of the time. It's absolutely not necessary to be tracking every single day. In fact, I absolutely encourage my clients to take away time away from tracking. I want you to learn from tracking. I want you to be educated and empowered to take control 
of your nutrition. This is where we step away from using an app and just trust yourself and be confident in what you've learned to make decisions with thanks to what you've learned from tracking, but don't be chained to it. So now we'll move on to meal plans. And I think meal plans can get a bit of a bad rap, but you know what? There's still a place for them. They still can work. There's still a method that people will use in a time, in a place, in context, okay? So with meal plans, we're still looking at the overarching framework of calories in. So we're still looking at your totally total calorie intake, but we have more focus on the individual foods themselves. Um, and sometimes it can have little to no flexibility. And I guess that's one of the downfalls of meal plans. The other thing is not all meal plans will consider your macronutrient intake as well. Like I said, their primary goal is looking at your total calories for the day. Now we know that looking at macros is super important when we're looking at body composition. Say for example, you're looking at losing weight. Obviously we know that calories in versus calories out is going to help with that. But if we actually want to maintain muscle mass, have that lean toned physique, we want to have muscle underneath remaining then we're going to have to actually consider our macronutrient divisions as well. So we need to consider what our protein is. We want that nice and high considerations for the amount of fats and carbohydrates as well. So with meal plans, you know, sometimes this can get overlooked. And in my opinion, like they are pretty vital, especially if you have, like I said, a body composition or a strength focused goal. Now, the other thing I think that's lacking from meal plans is the education aspect. If you're someone that hasn't got that prior knowledge already, say this is the place that you're first starting is following a meal plan, it's going to be really hard to work with this over a long period of time. Having a meal plan is going to be a little bit more of a short-term approach. It's going to have a little bit of a longer life because of this reason. You aren't going to know when or how to change things if the need arises. I've literally had clients before come to me who have been following a meal plan. And then when something needs to change, say there's a social event or they're starting to see a plateau in their progress, this is where we can get stuck because you're not going to know how you can just swap protein sources. If you're sick of eating chicken for three meals a day and that's what's on your meal plan, it's like you absolutely have every opportunity to swap that protein source for another protein source. But if you don't have that knowledge and you don't already know those sorts of things, then of course it's going to be harder for you to make that decision. Now, there are obviously some good things coming from meal plans. If you're someone that just wants to follow a plan and be a sheep, and (laughs) I don't mean that in a bad way. My partner's a Kiwi, so I absolutely love sheep. But if you're someone that just wants to be given something to follow and not have to think for yourself, then yeah, sure, meal plans can be great. I know some people who, when they're in a competition prep, say that they're a bikini competitor or something like that, meal plans can actually work better for them because they're already going to be in a depleted state from lack of energy intake, their output is quite high. They want to take all of the guesswork, all of the decisions out of their food and just be given something that they can go, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and do down to a T. Or you might be someone that actually just doesn't really care about food. You have no excitement or emotional attachment to food or anything like that. And you are literally like, I'm just eating for fuel and I don't care what it is. And I just want to get my food in and get on with my day. Then maybe a meal plan is going to work for you as well, because you don't actually want to have to think about it or make the decisions for yourself. So again, Meal plans are probably a little bit more limited in my opinion, but they still have their place. And this might be something that you swap between when you need to. 
So now we'll move on to one that I like to call a tracked meal plan. And essentially it's going to be the best of both worlds. We're going to be tracking, but it's going to stop you feeling like you need to be glued to your phone every day or having to enter in food every single time you eat. And that sort of, I guess, repeated constant requirement of opening your phone, having access to your phone and inputting food as you go. Now, the beauty of this is realistically, you're going to have calorie and macro targets that you need to be adhering to, but you can pre-plan and then just kind of run with it. So what I would essentially say is do this either the night before or more long-term, probably do it once to twice a week if we're looking at kind of that heavier meal plan view of it. And essentially what you're going to do is pre-track your food, pre-track it, put it all in, kind of set out in some way a meal plan for yourself for the week, but still adhering to your calorie and macro targets. I think this is always a great one for people who are doing things on the fly. So if you are someone that is just tracking as you eat throughout the day, and maybe you fall into this space where you get to dinner time and you've got 50 grams of protein and seven carbohydrates, and you're already over your fats and you're kind of like, shit, I'm going to have the weirdest combinations of food tonight to try and make it work. Now, if that's you obviously pre-planning like this and having some sort of meal plan mapped out is going to help. So it is, again, the best of both worlds. It's going to be adhering to targets, but having everything prepped and you can just follow through with what you've got planned out. It's also great if you're someone that doesn't really care about eating the same foods over and over again, and you're pretty happy to do it, then like I said, you could just do it on Sunday night, plan out what you're going to have for the week, maybe a couple of little changes here and there, but then just stick with it and not have to worry about retracking or entering foods as the week rolls on. Okay, next we are going into intuitive eating, or like I said before, I actually prefer to call it mindful eating now, because honestly, is it ever really intuitive eating before? Intuitive to me means that you're kind of just eating what you want, when you want, however much you want of it, with no consideration for nutritional value of anything. So I think if you're someone that has health as a high priority or health is one of your values, it obviously is if you're listening to this podcast, if you're consistent with training and nutrition and you actually give a shit about those things, then you're probably not someone that's really going to follow intuitive eating too heavily. For me, if I ate intuitively, I probably wouldn't eat very well because if you think about how food is used in our society and how we use it as individuals, I'm talking about obviously when we're celebrating things, cultural events, etc. we kind of base a lot of these around food or also things that happen throughout our day. We know that a lot of people will use food as a coping mechanism for stress and sadness, anxiety, those sorts of things. So if we honestly ate intuitively without any consideration for anything else, I could imagine that for a lot of us, our food and the intake that we have in terms of nutritional value probably wouldn't be too great. So the reason that I move away from calling it intuitive eating is for that reason, right? It is more of a mindful eating approach. Now, mindful eating is not tracking. We're not following a meal plan. We are just going based on what we feel like throughout that day. Now, when I say that I think it's more mindful eating now than intuitive eating is because of the pre-knowledge you have about food. You know what proteins are, you know what fats are, you know what carbs are, you know what portion sizes look like, you know what you should roughly be having throughout the day based on what you've done previously when you've tracked, followed meal plans, etc. And because you can't really unlearn those things, you're not going to forget what macros are. You're not going to forget what calories are in certain things. You can't 
unlearn those things. You are subconsciously going to be making decisions, mindful food decisions throughout your day based on that. Now, mindful eating is, I think, something that we should all be doing at some point throughout our days, throughout our months, throughout the year, okay? This is a really great way for us to be able to navigate a lot of social events with ease. Let's take Christmas, for example, because we've obviously just gone through our Christmas and festive season. Christmas is a perfect example for this. I would never, ever expect a client to be tracking or following a meal plan or doing any of those sorts of things on Christmas Day. But this also doesn't mean that you need to eat like a dickhead. All right. You're still already going to be indulging in certain foods that you really love. And that's absolutely okay. Like I'm the first person to put my hand up and say, that's me too. But I also don't need to go out of my way to be eating anything and everything just for the sake of it. I still know how to eat well. I still know what a portion size is. I can eat sensibly without making myself sick. And this is what I'm talking about when I say mindful eating. You can still enjoy foods. You can still enjoy going out to dinner with friends. You can still enjoy brunch with the girls. You can still have a holiday away, but you don't need to unlearn and forget and throw everything out the window and forget how to eat. And sure, for some people, it might take a little bit of self-trust that needs to be learned in order to be able to do this. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's something that you're going to have to learn how to do because, again, we're not going to be tracking forever. And this is something that a lot of my clients will come back to between periods of tracking. And that's absolutely perfect. So the last one we're going to be touching on is portion control. And I think this flows on really nicely from the mindful eating conversation. Portion control is just being conscious about how much you're having. And sometimes it can have an intention of how much you're going to be having throughout the day. Now, there's a few different methods of portion control that I've heard of. So Precision Nutrition actually have one that I think they've trademarked as calling the hand plan. Um, There's also the plate method out there. I'm sure you've seen the diagrams where it shows you, you know, a dinner plate and it's sectioned off to be a quarter protein, half a plate of veg, quarter plate of carbs or whatever it is. These are just methods of doing a portion control. Now, I've seen these work really well with clients as well. Okay, we can look at the amount of portions we have of certain macronutrients throughout the day. And that's what I was saying by still having intention behind how many portions we are consuming throughout the day. So for example, when we're looking at a serve of protein and if we're using the hand plan, so a serve of protein for women on the hand plan is the size of your palm. So the thickness and the overall surface space, right? So we're looking at a palm of your hand being a serve of protein, say you might be consuming four servings of those a day. Now, the hand plan also shows you that a serve of protein, a palm serving of protein for women is approximately 20 to 30 grams of protein. Now, we know this is not going to be super accurate given different proteins have different amounts in them, like whether we're looking at chicken or beef or tuna, etc. But at the end of the day, we are still managing it loosely and that can be a-okay for some people, okay? So then if you're looking at saying having four servings of that a day, say we're having you know 20 to 30 grams, you do the maths, like you can still figure out how much you're having in a day and stick to some rough guidelines, especially if you're someone that eats kind of the same foods each and every day, then it probably won't fluctuate too much, but at least you have some sort of structure and framework around the way that you're going to eat. That way you can still feel like you are doing something that is working towards your goals and you still have some sort of approach that is loose enough for you to not feel like you need to be super strict or diligent. You know, if you're a mum and you've got kids that you're chasing after and you're also working for 
full time and that sort of stuff. You know, this is perfect for that sort of person who isn't able to whip out their scales and weigh all of their food or doesn't necessarily want to be entering all of the data into my fitness power. Then this is a perfect way to have some sort of focus around your nutrition without being super accurate. Now, in saying this, Portion control methods are a great thing that we can still use between different phases. So say we are going to now go from our maintenance amount of calories in portion method, and we're going to drop down into a deficit. Cool. We're just going to adjust the amount of portions you're having. So for example, say you were having two pieces of toast in the morning with your breakfast, we'll just drop it down to one. Okay. Say you're going into a surplus and we want you to consume more foods. Maybe instead of having half a cup of rice with dinner, you're actually having a full cup. There are simple ways that we can manipulate the portion control method for a long period of time. I think this is one that is super overlooked and can actually be really, really influential in a lot of people's nutrition. So that's it. I'm going to wrap this one up here. We've obviously gone through the different types of approaches to eating or methods to your nutrition that you can flex throughout the year. You may bias one more often than the other. You might have some preferences. Again, it's going to come down to finding what works for you. Please don't ever think that one is better than the other. If you don't want to track macros, you don't have to fucking track macros. If you prefer to use the portion method, maybe that's going to suit you for this period of your life, then amazing. At the end of the day, all of these are going to take into consideration energy balance. They're all going to consider your calorie intake. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. You know, I'm going to add in this extra piece here. It's like there are no bad foods because everything needs to be in context. It comes down to the portions and the amounts that you're having. You can fit your favorite foods into any of these plans. Maybe not the meal plan one, but any of these approaches are probably going to be able to allow you to consume what it is that you want. You know, unless you're intolerant or allergic or choose not to eat a certain food for religious reasons, then you can absolutely consume foods that you enjoy. For example, like I always use this example, you could have just a Tim Tam every day and you would lose weight. Why? Because you're consuming more, uh, sorry, consuming less than what your body actually needs, right? Sure, your energy might not be great, your skin probably won't be too great, your sleep will probably be rubbish, but at the end of the day, you still could do it. But you could also enjoy a couple of Tim Tams at night with a cup of tea after having a full day of varied and satisfying nutrient-rich food and still lose fat as well. So at the end of the day, it's about finding things that work for you. And I really think that you need to be concrete on your goals and on your desired outcomes But be flexible in your approach, be flexible in the nutrition methods that you choose to use, because like I said, you're going to have to swap between these at certain periods and understand how that can look for you at the end of the day. And I'm going to say this a million times over education is key. And trial and error is key. So maybe this is the week or the month that you actually go through and try a different type of meal plan or food plan or nutrition approach and see what works. You know, don't feel tied to one if you feel like you want to try something else. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up here. If you guys have any questions, please shoot me a DM at underscore Coach Janika on Instagram. And the podcast one is at fitchitchat.com podcast. And please let me know, is there any of these that you love, any of them that you're going to try? And until next time, see you next Monday. Have an amazing, amazing week. Thanks for joining me on Fit Chit Chat. 
Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single drop. And I seriously encourage you to slide into my DMs on Instagram by searching underscore Coach Danica or fitchitchat.podcast. And let me know what part hit home for you. So until next week, bye.